Alright guys, I've got something I'm pretty excited about. And believe it or not, it's not an upcoming hunt or fishing excursion. It's these awesome hats I've stumbled across that feature some of my favorite animals to hunt and fish. If you're like me, the hunt doesn't have to stop the moment you leave the field. You take it with you. State Homegrown Apparel's hats have become my way of doing just that. Not only do they have a wide variety, but these hats will leave you feeling comfortable while still giving you a sharp, bold look. I've definitely fallen in love with these hats, and I highly recommend that you check them out today on www.statehomegrown.com. Follow them on Instagram at statehomegrown, and if you're local to Monroe or Snellville, Georgia, you can check them out in-store at Southern Roots Outfitter in Monroe or Painted Tree in Snellville. These hats have now become a part of my hunting fishing stories, and I'm sure they'll become a part of yours too. So head on over and check out State Homegrown Apparel today. When you go to order your hats from statehomegrown.com, be sure to enter the code SAMHUNTER15 for a 15% discount off of your order. Hey guys, this is Sam Hunter. Welcome to the Sam Hunter Podcast, where we discuss all things hunting, trapping, and fishing. Today we've got Mike Ferguson of Ferguson Taxidermy. He's got over 40 years experience in the industry. And um, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, when you first uh, taxidermy and kind of what got you started? Actually, I got started probably in messing around a little bit in the 11th grade before I graduated. And I've always, my dad was a big coon hunter, hunting fished all the time. So I've been around it all my life. So after I graduated, I went to service. When I come out of the service, I went to a taxidermy institute, a school in Janesville, Wisconsin in 79 when I got out of the Army and opened up that following winter. And I've been doing it ever since. I went full-time for a while, then life happened. So I went back to full-time. I've been just doing it full-time for years, and I retired now. So I just do it to give me a little bit of something to do. I don't do a whole lot anymore. I just do mainly turkey and deer, a few bass sometimes. I've got arthritis, so I cut back on a lot of stuff. But I'm doing good, so I'm especially turning all my attention to turkey. I just love doing turkey. Absolutely. And speaking of turkey, um, Mike just did an amazing turkey tail fan mount for me. Uh, it's got the beard coming out of it. It's got an awesome picture on it. He's got different pictures he can do, uh, whether it's a couple turkeys in the sunlight or a turkey up close or whatever the case is. Um, and I've already gotten a lot of compliments on it. Uh, I've got it hung up on the wall, so I'm loving it. And I wanted to go into a little bit of this because I thought this would be especially interesting to people who really just don't know anything about taxidermy and how it works. Um, Cause I know sometimes people may come in, they may have a Turkey or a duck or whatever that it's just very, very damaged. Maybe they had to shoot it more than once. Maybe they hit it in just the right way where a lot of the feathers came out. Uh, some of the prime important feathers and the display of the situation when you get to mount it. And for me, I know we worked out, a, you know, a deal in a situation where um, I'd gotten a pretty nice turkey. It was in very good condition. I only had to use 
one shot right on the head. And all I wanted for this one was the tail fan mount. Um, and you were able to u- utilize some of those other feathers or will be able to for other mounts that maybe come in damaged. Kind of just tell us a little bit about how that process works. You know, some people may wonder, yeah, I turned in a, a turkey to get done and it came out beautiful. I can't believe it because when I gave it to whoever, you know, it was all damaged. It looks, you know, terrible. So kind of tell us about that process, how you can utilize feathers from one bird and fix up another bird and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, about two years ago, I went and took a two-day class from a champion ta- uh, turkey taxidermist. And he showed me a different way compared to the way I used to do them years ago. I, I, I didn't like to do them back then, but now I, I love them. But the way what I do them now, you can take parts off another bird, say somebody brings one in and the uh, wings are all messed up, and I can replace it with a different uh, wing from another bird if they want it. Same way the scalps and the tail, anything on a turkey now, I can replace with what comes off another bird. So now I like people, if they don't want them, I like to have them for the parts. And this year I done some turkey tail mounts like I done for you just for the rest of the birds. Right, it's absolutely. It's a lot simpler. It's like putting a puzzle together the way I do them now. The wings are took off the body. The tails took off the body. Uh, the legs are took off the body. And then it goes together just like a puzzle. It's a lot easier. Uh, they turn out a lot better to me. They're just It's so much simpler the way we do them now. Right. Uh, it's just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad there are ways to, of doing that because I know um, there's lots of people that'll turn in something that they just don't know how it's, they, you know, they even wonder, should I even bother taking this in? And of course the reason they do it is because they want it because of the memory. They remember that amazing moment in the woods, hunting that animal, the emotions, and they want to see that, that trophy on the wall, just more to remind them even more than a trophy, just to remind them of the hunt. It takes them right back to that time and space, you know, remembering the situation, and all those emotions come flooding back, but they wonder, well, this one's all damaged. Should I really take it in? But, you know, nowadays there's certain ways to do them, like you said, where they can really be fully uh, repaired. So that is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Now, what are some of the challenges associated with taxidermy as far as, you know, mounts, molds, certain pieces, tanneries? I know there's a lot of different ways people do it. Some people, they may ship out, like especially for getting, um, you know, like furs done. Uh, pelt or something they may send it out they may do the first part skin it and then send it out to a tannery wait for that to come back to the taxidermy some taxidermies do it in shop i know there's some differences sometimes you got to wait for the right mold especially you know if somebody shoots a rather large coyote and maybe you don't have that size mold in stock so what are some of the challenges associated with all of that well i do my dear i do my own tanning in-house uh, sometimes you send them off to the tannery. It takes a good while to get them back. So I do my right. deer in house, but, uh, now they got modes all sizes now, just about anything. So it's a lot better now than when I first started, you got different poses and it's a lot easier, but it's got to where it's like everything else. Now it's hard for us to get stuff. It takes us a while. Uh, right. I try to get deer eyes about two months ago and I, nobody had them. So wow. we're kind of in a mess right now, like everybody else when it comes to getting supplies in. But Right. Uh, there's not a whole lot of challenges, really. Uh, I've been tanning my own deer for 
years now. Uh, I just decided to do it in-house because I know I could get them done quicker than having to wait for a tannery because tanneries do a lot of tanning. Well, Mike, it's good to know that you do uh, tannery in-house because does, does this mean if I get a coyote in the next coming year or so that if I give it to you, you can do the whole tanning part right in your own shop? Yes. That's awesome. I do have one uh, red fox pelt thing I told you about, but I've been trying to get my first coyote. So if I do, um, I'm going to come to you. Hopefully I get it up there in, uh, at the farm this year, but we'll see. Um, now we talked about, you know, some of the challenges, as you said, there aren't many, but they mostly have to do with getting stuff back. Is that right? Yes. Absolutely. Most of the time, most of the time I try to get my deer back within 90 days, but like I said, I don't take a whole lot in anymore, but, uh, 90 days is usually about the longest I keep a deer. Right. So that kind of leads me into this. Um, what's your typical, I had a couple on here. I know there's a lot of different species you do, but what's your typical turnaround time on, you know, some of the main things like a, a turkey mount or a, you know, shoulder mount, that kind of thing. Uh, my turkey, probably about two months on turkey. Uh, shoulder mounts, usually 90 days, unless something comes up, you know, and I can't work. But I'm usually out here every day doing something, just try to stay busy. But uh, absolutely. A lot of people's turnaround time on deer or like a year, mm -hmm. but they send theirs off to the tannery and they do a bigger volume than what I do. I'm just, I'm just trying to stay busy is all I'm doing since I retired. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to be excited to hear your turnaround time. I know, you know, in the Gwinnett County area, some places we've gone, you know, they do a good job, but like you said, a year, sometimes more, um, my brother's waiting on a coyote mount and I forget if he killed that coyote two years ago or I, I, it's been so long at this point that, you know, he's getting anxious about it. I'm anxious for him. You know, there's a lot of, just a lot of things going on. And I, on that situation, it was something to do with, um, it was such a large coyote, which is a pretty cool thing, but it was such a large coyote that the original mold ordered for it came in. I, if I have this right, I could have it wrong, but I, I believe it may have come in. They figured out it was not going to fit. It wasn't big enough. And then they had to do some kind of special order for a bigger mold. That it, it was just this whole crazy process. So now it's been, you know, a year, maybe two years. I'm not even sure where that's at, but um, things definitely move a little slower when it comes to getting those back, you know, in the Gwinnett area. Um, so I think some people will be excited to hear your turnaround times as well. We've heard uh, that, there are lots of bears where we hunt. Strangely, we've never seen one, but there's a hunting club that kind of borders or is very close to our farm. And apparently they see bears all the time and they hunt them. Um, just out of curiosity, have you seen bears right where you're at over the years? I've never seen a bear. I've heard of them. people seeing them a couple miles down the road here, but I've never seen one. I've never seen signs of one. Uh, they, we, Got did have a few hogs at, on Treat Mountain. People had turned oh, yeah. loose, and, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know if they still any up there or not. I hadn't heard nobody say in a long time. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Treat Mountain, I've never been there, but <clears throat> I remember looking that up years ago because I was really into, um, you know, off roading, overlanding kind of a thing. I had a Jeep Wrangler that I took out, and I remember that was one of the places that popped up. Do people still do that there? 
most of it's posted now because it's all leased. But they do oh, have a here in town. It's called Indian Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they've opened it up, made a park out of it for all these side by sides and razors and stuff. Right. So uh, I've never been down there, but they, it's packed all the time. It must be a huge place. I used to coon hunt down there. Oh, that's cool. But they've there's all kind of people coming from everywhere going to it, so it must be something. Absolutely, yeah. I'll have to check into that. Um, now, as far as bear goes, again, have you done bear mounts for other people before? Yeah, yes. I got one in the house. I done for my wife, and then I got I've done others, but it's been years ago. Wow, where did where did your wife hunt her bear at? It wasn't hers. A guy brought it to me and. He didn't want to fit the bill for it, so I just got right. mount it for her. It's just a small bear. She does photography, so I mount it for her. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, when it comes to bears, the seasons get a little bit more. You know, with deer, it's pretty straightforward. With turkey, it's pretty straightforward. Um, ducks, it gets a little muddy just with, you know, it's still pretty easy to follow, but just the different species and how many and what area. But when it comes to bear, it's kind of broken down in a weird way with the three different sections, you know, the central, the whatever, northern yes. bears. Now, when it comes to Polk County, because I always get confused, and then again, I haven't ever seen a bear there yet, so I haven't really had to worry about it too much. But what exactly, do you know off the top of your head what the season dates are for Polk County specifically? I would have to look. I don't know. I don't pay that much attention because if we got any bear, it ain't but a few. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, I understand that. Um, and you know, as far as hunting, cause obviously you got into this awesome passion thing because it brings to life the memories that hunters have in the field. Um, when it comes to hunting yourself, what are some of the, the coolest hunting stories? If you could tell us a hunting story, one of your favorite hunting memories that you have. Uh, I don't want it to come to mind. I go to Colorado quite a bit, bow hunting. Never been lucky enough to kill one, but uh, I was with them a couple years ago. A friend of mine killed one. It was pretty exciting because you're everybody's out there skiing out, and Colorado's got a lot of bear. I'm talking about a lot of bear. So oh, yeah. the whole time you're sitting there wondering, waiting to see if one comes charging in, because they can smell that meat and blood a mile away. So that's pretty exciting when you go out there and do that. But Colorado's the place to go. If you want to kill a bear, Colorado's the place to go. It's just it's just unbelievable how many bears they got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went to uh, – well, what part of Colorado were you in? Uh, we go to Rifle. Okay. We went to uh, Keystone, Colorado a couple years in a row. Um, but even there – and we went – that was years ago, but we went for the mountain biking and some of the outdoor stuff they had and – I remember everywhere there were signs posted about the bears, bears, look out for bears, secure your trash, everything about the bears. So even, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in Colorado, you're right. The bears are everywhere there. Yeah, the main thing is you have to worry about Colorado's, the sows and cubs. Now, I've talked to a lot of people out there that's been charged before when they run up on a sow and cubs. So that's kind of eerie feeling walking around just, you know, not knowing what's going to come up on you. But uh, it's kind of exciting. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I even remember with the mountain biking because I, at that time I've been watching so many mountain biking videos that I remember my wife and I came across a couple where 
and this is very rare, I'm sure, what we saw, but where a bear was charging, chasing somebody down a mountain on a mountain bike. So it just shows that no matter what you're doing, <laughs> even if you're mountain biking and you think you're safe because you're going fast down a hill on a bike, if you happen to come up, like you said, on a sow with cubs, she's probably going to chase you down the mountain. Yes, they can run too. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Mike, as far as your your shop, um, Ferguson Taxidermy, you're doing amazing work. Like you said, you're back into it. You're really focused in on the turkeys, but you do do some other things as well. But why don't you just tell people, you know, how they can find you if they have a mount and maybe they live in an area like Gwinnett or one of these others that stuff is backed up for one, two years and it's just getting kind of ridiculous. Um, how, how do they, how do they find you? How can they get in touch with you? You could look me up on Facebook, Ferguson Taxidermy and, uh, my phone number's on there and you could get directions too. And back to those people that's, you know, waiting for stuff that's one or two years uh back you got to look at it too these guys are probably doing it for a living i'm not doing it for a living so that's why I'm, I, my turnaround's a little bit quicker i just don't take that amount of work in so those guys a lot of guys is real good and sometimes it takes them a while but uh you know they take a big volume of work in so you got to remember that too but uh another thing there's a lot of taxidermists now and some of them's okay and some of them's not. The best thing to do is just look at the work before you decide where you want to take it. I try to get everybody to come look at my turkey. There's a lot of people that price shop. So I try to get them all to come out here and look at my stuff and go compare it with other people's before they make a decision. So that helps a lot too. Absolutely. And once again, everybody, be sure, like you said, check out the Facebook, Ferguson Taxidermy. Again, that's F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. Ferguson Taxidermy. Check it out on Facebook. Go check out his shop. It's incredible. He does amazing work. I've been in a lot of taxidermy shops. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of great work. But I'm telling you, he does some great stuff. And he's located in Cedartown, Georgia. Check him out. He's doing amazing things. And, Mike, I just want to thank you again for the turkey mount you gave me, the tail fan mount. Um, thank you. And I appreciate you letting me do it, Sam. Absolutely. And I loved having you on the show. Uh, I wish you much success, and if I get that coyote, like I said, I'll be back up to see you. All right. All right, well, have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Sam Hunter Podcast, where we discuss all things hunting, trapping, and fishing. Be sure to tune in next time, and we'll see you there.